Welcome to Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. Jesus forgave us of all sin, past, present, and even future sin. Andrew brought good news to me. I could understand the Bible more the way he taught it. Jesus forgave you one time, and that's for everything. And now, here's Andrew. Welcome to our Friday's broadcast of The Gospel Truth. Today, I'm continuing to teach on a subject that I've entitled Grace and Faith. Actually, I have this uh, book entitled Living in the Balance of Grace and Faith, and I've been talking about this all week long. This is the first book that I ever produced. It's kind of the heartbeat of this ministry. One of the main things that God has raised me up to do is to bring a balance between the grace camp and the faith camp. Or another way of saying that is some, uh, talking about what is God's part and what's our part. Some people emphasize it's all up to God and that leads into an extreme wrong interpretation of the sovereignty of God to where it's just, you know, whatever God wants to do, que sera, sera, whatever will be, will be. And then there's a faith camp where they emphasize, no, we've got to do things. And if you aren't careful, you'll get into a ditch to where you become so legalistic and so bound by all of the rules and the regulations that there is no grace and mercy. The truth lies somewhere in between those two. And that's what I've talked about the first four days of this week. Today, I want to start giving an illustration that I think is a great illustration from the Word of God that will help illustrate what I'm talking about, that by faith, we only appropriate what God has already provided by grace. And I need to just say this, my teaching on grace and faith right here, it has five different CDs in this set or DVDs, and I'm jumping from the first teaching down to the fourth teaching. And I don't know what to say about this except that, you know what, this is just the way that I feel led to do this. This fits perfectly with what I've been saying. The announcer will make it clear to you. This does make a point, though, that you need to get the materials because I'm saying this a little bit differently. The TV programs are not exactly the same as these materials, and yet all of it is the same truth, maybe just looking at it from a different perspective, and it will help you to be able to understand these truths. But what I want to do is turn over to Hebrews chapter 4 and I want to talk about what in the book of Hebrews is called a Sabbath rest. I think that this is a perfect illustration of what I'm trying to say about the balance between grace and faith. So let me just uh, use some of these verses here. In Hebrews chapter 4 verse 1 it says, Let us therefore fear lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. And if you were to take this in its context, in the third chapter, he was talking about the children of Israel that came out of the land of Egypt. They lived in this wilderness, and God's plan was not for them to die in the wilderness, but to just pass through it and then entered into this promised land where there was all of this abundance and freedom and blessing. But because of their unbelief, they would not cooperate with what God told them, and they refused to go up and fight the battle, and because of it, 
all of that generation died in the wilderness and they did not enter into the promised land. Not because God didn't have it available for them, but because of their unbelief. And see, this is what I've been saying all week long is that God by grace has provided salvation, healing, deliverance, prosperity, joy, peace. Everything is provided through grace but you have to add faith to that. You have to believe that God has provided this and you have to submit to it and reach out and appropriate what God has provided through grace. It's not grace alone that saves you. It's not faith that causes God to respond to your faith. Jesus died for us 2,000 years before you and I were born. He anticipated us needing our sins forgiven and He placed all of our sins upon Jesus 2,000 years ago. That's grace. But grace alone doesn't save. You have to reach out by faith and appropriate it. And so that's what these verses here are saying. And then in verse 3 it says, For we which have believed do enter into rest as He has said, as I have sworn in my wrath. Now in the King James here it gets real wordy. And um, I can explain this, but it just seems like it's so much easier to read a different translation. So let me use the NIV starting here in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 3. It says, Now we who have believed enter that rest, just as God has said. So I declared on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. That's a quotation, I believe, from Psalms chapter 96. And it goes on to say, And yet his work has been finished since the creation of the world. For somewhere he has spoken about the seventh day in these words. That somewhere is talking about Genesis chapter 2, verse 1. And on the seventh day God rested from all his work. And again, in this passage above, he says, They shall never enter into my rest. It still remains that some will enter that rest, and those who formerly had the gospel preached unto them did not go in. That's talking about the children of Israel because of their disobedience. Therefore, God again set a certain day, calling it today, when a long time later he spoke through David, as he said before today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken later about another day. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God, for anyone who enters God's rest also rests from his own work just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter into that rest so that no one will fall by following the same example of disobedience. And you know also in that 11th verse, let me just read this to you out of the King James. This is Hebrews chapter 4 verse 11. Let us labor therefore to enter into that rest lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. You know, some of this just seems completely contrary about how do you labor to rest? What is this talking about when it talks about that there is a rest for the people of God and not everybody has entered into it? You can miss it if you don't operate in faith and enter into this rest. What is this talking about? Well, first of all, the first thing that helped me to understand this is to recognize that when he's talking about rest here, he's not talking about being pooped and you just have to lay down and go to sleep. You are worn out. You can't do anything else. When it says that God rested on the seventh day, this goes all the way back to the book of Genesis. In Genesis chapter 1, he created the heavens and the earth. And Genesis chapter 1 detailed the first six days 
of creation where he said, let there be light. He commanded the dry land to appear. He uh, commanded all of the trees and the fruit and all of this to grow. Then he created the animals in the land and on the sea. And then he created man on the sixth day. And then on the seventh day, Genesis chapter 2, he rested from all of his works. It, this wasn't because God was worn out. It's not because if God created one more moon, he was just, that, he, was, he was worn out. He didn't have it in him to create one more. You know, in Isaiah chapter 40, it says, I, the Lord, you know, I don't get tired like you do. He says, I don't get weary. He says, I don't slumber and I don't sleep. And so God wasn't worn out. When it says that he rested, it didn't mean that he was tired and he had to take a break and catch his uh, wind. You know, what it's talking about is it's like a lawyer. When you argue a case and you've said everything that there is to say, then you say, well, the prosecution rests. The defense rests. Does that mean that that prosecutor or defense lawyer was tired and so they had to rest? No, it means that their, their presentation was complete. Everything that they have to say has been said, and so therefore I rest my case. Or you could talk about like an artist. When an artist paints a picture, and you know, they look back and they look at and it's just perfect. If they add one more brush stroke to it, they're going to ruin the whole thing. It's just finished. It's complete. And so he rests from his work. Did that mean that the artist is pooped? because he has been holding this brush and he can't hold it anymore and so he's got to rest? No, it's talking about that he's just through. He's finished. It's complete. So this is, this is how I understand these passages in Hebrews chapter 4 when it says that God rested on the seventh day. He wasn't tired, but he had done everything so completely that there was nothing left to be done. It was perfect, and so he rested. And now, Hebrews chapter 4 talks about those who believe God enter into this rest, and it calls it a Sabbath rest. Now, that is very significant. I'm not going to be able to say all of these things on today's program, so I encourage you to please get these materials or listen next week as we continue this, because I'm going to have to say some of these things, and it's going to take multiple days to get it all said. But there is a rest. There is a place that you enter into, like it says here in verse 11, let us labor to enter into this rest. How do you labor to rest? You don't have to work at sleeping. You just lay down and man, it comes on you. Well, this, this is because it's not talking about a rest like sleep. This is talking about getting into a position where you no longer are trying to make God move you are no longer trying to force God to do something. You aren't calling the prayer chain and you're putting a hundred people to put pressure on God and try and make God do something. See, that's labor. That's not resting. That is labor. And it says that we have this rest, but it, it does say that you labor. Well, what is the labor then? How do you labor to rest? What it's talking about is that you have to get into the Word of God. You have to spend effort to get to where you don't trust in yourself and instead you are trusting in God. It is not natural for us to just sit there and say, for instance, you've got a financial deadline and tragedy is staring you in the face. It's not normal for you to just have perfect peace about this and to just let it go and to say, you know, God is my source and I'm trusting Him. You have to labor to rest like that. 
I don't know if that makes sense to you, but it really does make sense to me. It takes effort. You have to get into the Word of God. You have to spend time in the presence of God. You have to exert yourself to get to a place to where your faith is so strong that God is your source, that God is going to supply, that you do not worry about it. You know, right now, we are in the process of building this Karis Bible College campus. And you know, in the natural, I would be obsessing about this. I'd be worried about it. I'd be unable to sleep at night, uh, worrying about where's all this money coming from. It, to most people, and even to me in the past, that would have kept me up all night. But you know what? I went to sleep last night. I slept eight hours. As a matter of fact, I overslept and I was late getting here for my television programs this morning because I slept so good. It did not keep me up. I am resting in the fact that God told me to do this, that the Lord is the one who's led me to do this. This isn't my choosing. I could spend hours giving you um, thing after thing after thing that verifies and proves that this is not something I'm asking God to do. This is something God asked me to do. The responsibility is upon Him. And you know what? I have spent, who knows, tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of hours studying the Word and renewing my mind and putting effort into it so that I can rest and not be worried about where is all of this money coming from? How is this going to happen? What am I going to do? I had to labor to enter this place of rest to where I'm sleeping good at night. All of the responsibility is upon God and praise God it's going to come to pass. I know there's somebody watching this program thinking, well, I'm not sure it will. You just tie it and watch. You just, you know, put yourself in neutral and watch and you will hear the testimony and you will hear that we are getting this campus built, that we are turning out people by the thousands that are going to go out and make a difference in our world. And it will come to pass. Praise God, you could either get on board in faith and rest with me or you could be there in total unbelief and wait until, the, uh, until it's already finished and then see it and praise God, you would have missed out on the blessing of being at rest with me throughout this whole thing. But I'm saying that there is a place and this, I just use that as an example, but there is a place that you can enter into rest concerning your healing. The doctor says you're going to die, but you just trust God. You know that by the stripes of the Lord Jesus, you were already healed. You really believe that and you trust it, and you just rest in that, and you aren't worried. You can get to a place to where even though you're having problems in your marriage, you take the scriptures that promise about how that you can change your mate through your godly behavior, 1 Peter chapter 3, and you are resting in that. And you may have to labor. You may have to get into the Word of God, and when your mate is talking divorce and ministering strife and saying all these things, and your friends are saying, get rid of that jerk, you know, leave him and move away, and stuff. You may have to spend a lot of time in prayer and in Bible study to renew your mind. And you may have to labor to enter that place to where you are just resting and saying, Father, I'm trusting your word. I'm trusting what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, that the unbelieving mate can be sanctified by the faith of the believing mate. I'm sanctifying them. I'm setting them apart. I'm believing that you are dealing with them. And it may take effort for you to get there, but you can labor in the Word and in prayer, being in the presence of God so that you can rest in this place 
to where it's just God has promised it, His grace has provided it, and now your faith is allowing you to just rest in this place. Not because you're tired or worn out, but you are just depending upon God. The total dependence is upon Him. The, all of the pressure is upon Him. It's not upon you. Boy, that's powerful. I'm just praying that God is helping you to understand. I don't know if I'm communicating this well or not, but I can tell you in my own situation, I've got tens of millions, maybe hundreds of millions of dollars worth of extra money that I need to accomplish the goals that God has given me and told me the things that I need to do. And I'm just in a place of rest. It doesn't bother me. It is not a problem. And I can tell you it's because I have labored in the Word of God and in prayer in my relationship with God over the last 47 years. I've grown and God has brought me to a place where I'm just at rest. I'm at peace. If you aren't at rest, if you don't have peace, if you're at turmoil, if you can't sleep at night, if you are having physical symptoms and problems because of the strife and the turmoil and the, the stress that's upon you, I'm saying to you through the Word of God that there is a place of rest that you can enter into to where you just trust God. You have cast your care about this situation over upon the Lord and you are trusting God. The burden is not on you. And let me just again say that I've been making this point all week long, but one of the uh, abuses of faith and I'm not against faith, but I'm saying if you take faith alone and don't put faith in what God's grace has done, if, it, if you are under this wrong concept about faith that I was at one time, one of the errors of taking faith by itself and not balancing it with grace is that you get worn out. You don't have any rest. You are under this terrible pressure you're feeling like, God, what do I have to do to make you move? And I'm telling you, that takes away your rest. There is a error. There is a um, abuse of grace and faith. The abuse of grace is this extreme sovereignty of God that makes you passive. It's just whatever will be, will be. And you just go through life taking whatever comes and there's no resistance on your part whatsoever. You might as well take... James 4, 7 out of your Bible where it says, Submit yourselves therefore unto God. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. If you are into this error of grace, this extreme sovereignty, well then there's nothing to submit to nor to reject because after all, God, whatever God's will is just automatically comes to pass. It becomes totally ir irrelevant to resist the devil because after all, the devil couldn't do anything if it wasn't God's will. But then the abuse of faith is where you get out of this rest that we're talking about right here and you get under so much pressure that you are trying to make everything happen. And I'm telling you, that's wrong too. There's an abuse on both sides of these things. You have to put grace and faith together. You have to put God's part and your part. Your part is just to rest in the fact that God, by grace, You've already anticipated this. You've already supplied my need and I am going to rest in you. And sometimes it takes a lot of effort to rest. You have to labor to rest. There's been times I remember a financial situation where, I mean, it looked like we were going to be evicted from our home because we couldn't pay our rent 
I had trusted God. I had believed God. I'd done everything that I knew to do. And yet we were facing this deadline and I just felt like I've got to do something. But what I needed to do was to rest in the promises of God that He would supply our needs. And so you know what I did? I mean, I started praying in tongues. And the Bible says when you pray in tongues in Jude chapter 1, verse 20, you build up yourself on your most holy faith. Man, I needed some faith. And so I started praying in tongues. And I mean, I walked in our house for two or three hours praying in tongues, trying to build myself up. And so there was a lot of effort put forth to be able to rest in God's promise that He was going to provide my need. And praise God, I mean, I had a supernatural, miraculous supply that very day and God came through, but it took some effort. So that's what Hebrews chapter 4 is talking about. And it specifically link, likens it to a Sabbath rest. Now, I'm about out of time today, but on our program next week, I'm going to start showing you what this is talking about. And the Sabbath was a picture of this relationship we can have with God to where God has already provided everything and we are just resting in it. And we aren't trusting our own effort. It's not based on our goodness and all of these things, but we are trusting in the grace of God. It is a beautiful picture of this. And so I'm going to deal with this starting next week on our programs. And I believe that this is going to be a huge help to you. But when I saw this, it made a difference in my life. I believe it's going to make a difference in your life. In Genesis chapter 1, it talks about how God created the heavens and the earth and all of these things that He did. And I'm going to have to get into detail on this next week, but let me just give you a preview that He didn't create man at the beginning of the creation, even though man was the crowning jewel of God's creation. There's many scriptures that talk about that. All of these things that were created were created for us. God created the earth and He prepared everything. So we were the crowning jewel and yet He didn't create us first because things weren't ready. He waited and created man at the very end of creation and then immediately man entered into this completion to where God had already provided everything we would ever need and all we had to do is just reach out and take advantage of it and say thank you. That's a perfect illustration of what I'm trying to say, that God by grace has already anticipated everything, already provided all of our needs, and all faith is is our positive response to what we believe God has already provided. Thanks to the friends and partners of Andrew Womack Ministries, Karis Bible College is raising up more disciples than ever before on the sanctuary property. But what if you can't make it to Colorado? Being a stay-at-home mom with three kids, it would not be possible for me to pack up and move to Colorado. I knew God wanted me to go to Bible college. I made up my mind and said to God, I said, I know I'm going, whether it's Colorado or wherever. Is there an option for you? With over 70 campus locations around the world, there is a place for you to begin your journey. If that seed's there and you've got something close to you like we do here, You've got to go for it. More than likely, God's already speaking to you about going to Karis Bible College. You just need to make the step. You will never, ever regret going to an extension school. It will change your life forever. Join the Karis community of like-minded believers by discovering a campus location near you at karisbiblecollege.org.
Thank you for joining us on today's broadcast of The Gospel Truth, and a very heartfelt thank you to all who sow into Andrew Womack Ministries. Your generosity supports the sharing of God's unconditional love and grace to His kids all over the globe. Because of you, people are getting free resources and their lives are being changed. You really are making a difference. If you're not already a Grace Partner, we ask you to pray about becoming one today. I would really like to encourage you to get this teaching on living in the balance of grace and faith. I think this really just summarizes the position that God has given me in the body of Christ. It seems like you have people that are either into faith or into grace, but very seldom are the two combined, and this teaching would transform your life. I've got a book in English. I've got one in Spanish. We have a study guide here that is the same material. It's just reformatted so that you can disciple other people. You can print out the questions in here. And then we have a CD set of this exact same teaching. And then I have two different DVDs to offer you, one that was taken from our television program and the other one was taken live from one of my uh, meetings that I've held. So please listen to our announcer, respond today, and get this material on living in the balance of grace and faith. Andrew's complete series titled Living in the Balance of Grace and Faith is available as a live teaching on either DVD or CD or in a DVD set as seen on TV. You can also get this teaching as a book or study guide in either English or Spanish. Or you can get the Living in the Balance of Grace and Faith package, which includes your choice of either the CD or DVD album, the book and the study guide this package has a catalog value of $85, but you can get it today for only $60. Also, today's individual audio CD is available for a gift of any amount when you write or call. We encourage everyone to give, but if you're simply unable to afford it, Andrew and his partners will provide today's teaching free of charge. You can order resources or become a Grace Partner through our website at awmi.net. While there, you can discover more product details and download many free resources. Or call our helpline at 719-635-1111. If the lines are busy, remember you can order ministry materials or become a Grace Partner 24 hours a day, seven days a week at awmi.net. If you'd like to write us, use the address on your screen. We appreciate your generosity and hope to hear from you today. We'd like to point out Andrew's upcoming speaking schedule. Mark your calendars to come meet Andrew at one of these events and let the Word of God transform your life. In the month of March, Andrew will be at the sanctuary in Woodland Park, Colorado for the annual Karis Bible College Men's Advance with special guest Tony Dungy, NFL Hall of Fame and Super Bowl winning coach, and James Brown, Emmy Award winning broadcaster on the CBS and NFL networks. Also at the sanctuary in March, Andrew will be hosting the Army Conference for Ministers with special guest, retired Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin, Representative Bob McEwen, Dr. Barry Burns, and Barry Bennett. In April, Andrew will be back at the sanctuary in Woodland Park for the annual Karis Bible College Campus Days, and also to host the new musical, David, the King of Jerusalem, 
a story of the faithfulness of God's grace in spite of struggle and tragedy. Also at the Sanctuary in Woodland Park, Andrew will be hosting a special concert with John Tesh. For more details on Andrew's next visit in your area, visit our website at awmi.net. Hello, this is Andrew Womack, and I'd like to encourage you to check out our Gospel Truth TV. You've got well-known people on there like Kenneth Copeland, Creflo Dollar, Jesse Duplantis, Keith Moore, and it's a safe place to be. You are going to be blessed. So check it out. It's 24-7, gospeltruth.tv.